Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. of a man named Martin Luther, who was a Catholic priest, a university professor. And in 1517, he, after studying scripture, after looking at a lot of uh, traditions and ways that the church at his time were doing things, he ended up writing a 95, uh, 95 theses, which is a lot, in case you didn't know. You think one term paper is bad, just imagine 95. And he went and he nailed it to the church door in Wittenberg, Germany. And, and basically it was the social media of the day. That was his way of, of putting it out publicly that he had an argument against the way the church was functioning and how it was carrying out um, the opportunity for people to live as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And so he went and did this, and it was 500 years ago that this happened. Actually, he did it on, on October 31st, uh, which would have been All Saints' Eve. Um, now, so we've spent four weeks looking, and out of those 95 theses, there were some main pillars that his argument, that his protest was based on. We get the word Protestant from the word protest because Martin Luther was protesting how the church was carrying on business as usual. And there were four main pillars to his argument. Today we're going to look at, in, in 2017, in, in our day, in our doctrine, in the Wesleyan faith, uh, a fifth pillar that Luther didn't really go into. Now, the four that he did address, and we've looked at these already, was the very first week was that it's on Scripture alone. Whatever the church is doing needs to be based on Scripture. Um, experience, tradition, all those things are great, but if they become better than or more important than Scripture, then there's a problem. And so he said Scripture first. And then in the second week, uh, Justin shared with you about it being on grace alone. That, it's, that we can't earn this thing, that there's nothing we can do to earn, there's nothing that we can achieve that would make us good enough for, for God, good enough to be in, in relationship with God. It, it's, it's dependent upon Jesus Christ. So we talked about that grace alone. The third week I talked to you about um, that it's on faith alone, that it's got to be in that faith alone in Jesus Christ. There's no Jesus and. You know, a lot of times in, in, in religions and faith, they say it's got to be about Jesus and. You have, to, you have to claim Jesus and do these other things. And, and Martin Luther said, no, 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 it's, it's about Jesus. It's about what Christ has done alone. Last week, Bob went through all of four of our services preaching the message about the, the understanding that no longer, because of Jesus, we don't need another person to be between us and God. We don't need a mediator between us and God. It, it, it's what Jesus has done. And actually, not only do we not need another person to be our go-between between us and God, but we've all been given the priesthood as followers of Jesus. We all have a ministry. We all have a role. We all have a part to play. And those were some of the four pillars that, that Luther built his, his whole 95 thesis on. But there was one that he left out. He really didn't address it all, but which is vitally important. Uh, we see it in Scripture. It's vitally important. But let's not give Luther too hard of a time because I kind of understand why he didn't go into that. The fifth pillar I want us to look at today 
is the role of the church. The role and the necessity of the church as, as people who call themselves Christians. Now, it makes sense that Luther didn't go into that because by the time he wrote that 95 Theses, the church had been really abusing their role. And, um, and so he really just, when he wrote the stuff out, he's like, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to address that. Let's focus on these other things first. But today I want to share with you the importance of the church, the, the importance of this. Um, now, before I do that, you kind of understand why Luther did what he did based on what was happening at the time. You go, yeah, I was 15, 17, 500 years ago. There was a lot of stuff going on. The church was doing it wasn't good. They were doing it in the name of God. And so, yeah. But let's just look. I mean, even just a couple of years ago, um, there was a guy, he, he, you'd call him like a, a, an apologist or someone who, who uh, does a lot of spoken word, he speaks, and, and he's really good, this Christian guy named Jefferson Besky. And you can go on YouTube and, and look him up. And he, he did this video, like a spoken word video a few years ago, and it was called, um, Why I Hate Religion But I Love Jesus. Right? Why I Hate Religion But I Love Jesus. If you've been a Christian for very long, you've probably even thought something to that degree at some point. Why I hate religion, but I love Jesus. And here's the deal. That video was viewed 32 million times. Which means there is an audience out there. It struck a chord with people that said, you know what? I really do want to know about Jesus. I want to understand about Jesus, but I really don't want anything to do with the structure, with the, with the church. So it wasn't just 500 years ago this was going on. This is recent. This is very recent. You've known people. I've known people who, who have said, you know what, I, I just really, I'm, I'm just, I'm done with church. Right? You, you've known this. Maybe they didn't like something, or maybe they didn't like someone, and they were done with church. You, you might be returning after a while of doing that, and you might be on your way out. And I understand that. Um, but here's what I want us to, to focus in on this morning. And we're going to look at a lot of scripture in a little bit. And if you've got a bulletin today, I hope you did on the back side, it says notes and a lot of blank lines. I encourage you to write down a lot of the, the scripture I'm going to mention today because we're going to go through it kind of fast. But I really want you to go and look at it later, looking at the role of the church. But here's really what I want us to think about before we look at the scripture. We've got to be very careful about throwing out the true purpose of the church, which we're going to look at Scripture in just a few minutes. We've got to be careful about throwing out the true purpose of the church just because we don't like something. We've got to be very careful about that. Now, here's the deal. I do this. I'm so guilty of this. When I say church, when I use the word church, I often think of this place. I think of the hosta first. I think of this location, you know, drop a pin on it. This is what, when I use the word church, that's not what I mean today. So when I say church, you might be tempted to think of a certain location on a certain corner in a certain town. You might think of a church you grew up in or one you left, or you might think of this place, you know. That's, that's not what I mean. When I say church today, here's what I mean. A gathering of people who call themselves Christians who, who come together for a purpose. That, that's what I mean by church. And as we look at scripture, I think you'll find over and again, that's what was intended with the idea of church, is a gathering of people who come together, who say, yes, we're, we're followers of Jesus, and we come together for a purpose. And we're going to look at a lot of those purposes in a little bit. We need each other. And sometimes we don't like to admit that. 
but, but we're going to see in just a little bit. Let me, let me pose this to you. Um, okay, so in the week that I talked about uh, faith alone, okay, that it's nothing else. It's you, you just have, really, the only thing necessary is for you to say yes to God because of Jesus. To say yes, you understand, you, you believe that Jesus has done what Scripture tells us he's done. He's given up his life. In our place, he shed his blood where a, a blood penalty was due. He paid for our sin, even though he was sinless. He took our place on the cross, and then he died, and then he rose again. And so the life that we live in is, is a resurrected life. We believe in that of Jesus Christ. Faith alone. Now, I don't know if you remember, but in that week, I used this word called justification. That's like the, the theological term, the fancy word for Faith alone means you're justified. We go through a time when we're, we're justified, and it's only because of Jesus. Now, here's the deal. Imagine you're alone on a desert island. And after prayer, maybe, maybe you've got your Bible, and, and you're reading, and you have the moment where you say yes to God. You've read Scripture. You've, you, the Holy Spirit's been ministering to you, and you say yes to God. On a deserted island, just you and a Bible, you can be justified, Okay? Doesn't need any other person, no worship service, no aisle to walk down, no, no music, no, I mean, it, you can do that, right? But here's where I want to go today, and when I say we need each other as a church, there's this other word called sanctification. And what that means is, is living out the life of faith that you just said yes to, that you just said, yes, I believe in this. Living this out, it's the day-to-day -day life, it's like, it's like I say, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, we didn't get like zapped up to heaven the moment we said yes. We're still here. So we're in this time of being sanctified. We're living out the opportunities to have like the fruit of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all that stuff, right? So you can be justified on a deserted island, but you can't be sanctified. You can't. You've got to have other people. Here's how I know that to be true. <coughs> Patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Right? How about self-control? How about kindness? Some of these things. I'm really kind when I'm by myself. I'm super patient when it's just me. Right? These kinds of things. I. But you know what? Put me around some knuckleheads. Some knuckleheads who say they love Jesus. And suddenly, maybe my patience gets tested. Maybe my kindness gets pushed up against. Okay? We need one another to know what it's like to live in, to, to live out our faith. Okay? We, we were intended to be together in this. We're intended to be together so that someone could say to me in love, Shannon, why did you do that? I mean, I love you, and, and I know that you love Jesus, so what you said, what you did, it was, it was wrong. You know, it, it's, that's called discipline. We need people to encourage us, and we're like, I can't do it anymore. And they say, no, you can. I, I, you can. You can do this. I'm with you. I don't want to pray anymore. It's okay. I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. We need each other. And that can't happen on a deserted island. We can say yes to God alone, but we were intended to be together. Now, listen, I'm a, I'm a visual learner, and you're probably wondering why in the world this door is up here today. I thought about this actually a couple of weeks ago, and then I didn't do anything about it until 11 o'clock yesterday morning. So thank you, honey, 
for helping me put the, the door together. Um, okay, so we got this door. Um, when Justin talked to you a couple weeks ago about grace, grace is kind of like the word love. We we use it a lot. For, like we love pizza and we love our football team and we love God, right? So we use love. So, grace is kind of that way too. When we talk about the grace of God, I mean, yes, there is the grace of God, but there's some specifics to His grace. And um, there's this one part of His grace, which um, the big fancy word is called prevenient. It means the grace that comes before. And for any of us who are followers of Jesus, it's almost like, you know, the windshield is cloudy, but the rearview mirror is crystal clear. You know how that is? You know, it's life and experience. A lot of us can look back and we see how before we ever said yes to Jesus, and we're kind of back here behind this door. We have no idea what's on the other side. But we come to this point where we, if we look back to our life behind the door, we realize how God was working. Like maybe he was lining up situations or people or, or um, relationships with people, you know, and like suddenly, you know, we're driving down the road and we hear a song or someone says, hey, I've been praying for you. And you're like, whoa, I can't believe you. How did you know? And it's like, it's like, it's God working in our lives before we ever really understand it. We call that prevenient grace. Okay, and it's really hard. You don't know when it's happening. You just look back and go, wow, that's amazing. See, and, and prevenient grace, really, God uses other people. He uses situations. He's God. He can use whatever he wants. But then there comes a time when we get to this doorway. And here's what I want, and not even really so much the door as the door frame. Um, here's what this door frame represents. This is the justification that I talked about. This is a deserted island. No one can push you through this door. No one can force you through it. No one can say, hey, if you pray this prayer, and you know, it, this doorway represents what Jesus Christ has done for us, what God has done through Jesus for us so that we might have life. When you hear people talk about forgiveness of sins and new life and, and leaving the old life behind, it all happens through this doorway of Jesus. It's the doorway of Jesus right here. Okay? No one can go through for you. There's not a side window. There's not, you can't try and sneak through the pet door in the back. This is the only door. See, this is what makes Christianity different than a lot of other religions. They try to say, yeah, if you just go around back, there's another way in. No, this is it. This is Jesus right here. This is that justification that we all need to come to a place in our lives where we say yes to God because of Jesus. I believe you have paid for my sins, and I don't deserve it, but I'm going to accept what you did. And I'm, I want to live into this life that you now offer. This is the doorway. So we've got your prevenient grace that happens before, that leads you to this place where you go, you know, you're back here like, so what's this Jesus thing I keep hearing about, right? And you come to a place where you're like, oh, it's Jesus. This is, it's Jesus. He, he really is the answer. He, he's, he's the one. Now, then you step into this. And I purposely had it where I stepped out towards you guys. Because now we're in sanctifying grace. This is the rest of our life. This is us living into what Jesus has done for us. Now, if someone came over to your house later today, knocked on the door, came in, and they just kind of hung out in the doorway for a while, eventually you're going to be like, do you want to come in? 
Or do you need, are you on your way out? Like, what's going on? Like, it's weird. Or what if they just came in and then they just stood like right in your entryway for a while? Maybe an hour or two. It's kind of odd, right? But let me tell you something, folks. This is where a lot of people are. This is where a lot of folks are. Yay, Jesus! I don't need anything else. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'll just do me and Jesus and we're good. And that's true. I don't want to, please don't hear a Jesus am this morning. But we were intended to be on this journey of faith. He worked in our lives before we ever saw it. We say yes to Jesus. And now we have the opportunity to live into this life. To live into sanctifying grace. Being, being, being made um, perfect, which sounds really strange. You know, one day, we'll all know perfection. I don't think any of us will reach it on, on this side. And so we have this opportunity to people who live out here. And, and this is where I say the church is so important because I, Provenient Grace can happen on the deserted island. And that doorway, it, it's, it's, I can walk through that doorway on a deserted island. But now I've got to live. You've got to live. And none of us were meant to do this on our own. So we have this grace that's happening. So we have to be very careful then, and this is where I'm going, we have to be very careful if we just want to say yes to Jesus, but then we want to say no to his collective body of people, the church. One of the most, I think, one of the most promising and profound things that Jesus said, well, he said a lot, so, I mean, all of it was, but to me, this, it's the foundation of it all. He said in Matthew 16, 18, he said to Peter, he said, I will build my church. I'm going to build my church. And he didn't mean, you know, first Jesus down, you know, first in Elm Street. You know, it, he meant there are going to be people who follow me. And I'm going to build my church on you, Peter. You're going to, be, you're going to help start it. I'm going to build this. Let, let's start this. And so I want to share with you just quickly some of the purposes of the church that I find in Scripture. And I want you to go and look at it later. I want you to see this and, and understand this. So here's a purpose of the church. Here's the first one I want to share with you. The purpose of the church is to worship God. Duh. But the purpose of the church is to come together and worship God. We find this in Luke 4, 8. We see this in John 4, 23. We see this in Revelation 4, 10. And these are just a few examples where we are called together to worship as a, as a body of believers, as people who say yes to God. So we're, we've, we've, he's worked, we said yes to him, and now we're here. And the purpose here is to worship God. And we worship together. We worship as the church. Not, not to be entertained, but to collectively worship God. Another purpose of the church, this, this life that we have to live into, is for us to study his word. To, to look at Scripture, to know it. Remember that Scripture alone. We need to know it. We need to, we need to look at what His Word says. 2 Timothy 2.15 talks about this. That we are to, to know His Word. 1 Corinthians 4.6 says that we are supposed to know the Word. We are to pay attention to what Scripture says. This is the purpose of the church. So we, the purpose is for us to worship together. The purpose is for us to study His Word to, together. Thirdly, it's to pray. Acts 2, 42. 
um, shows us is that we are to pray for one another. We are to pray with one another. I remember being a new believer, and I did not really understand the whole concept of prayer. I heard some really, like, flowery um, prayers. <coughs> and um, But I didn't really understand the whole praying thing. So I just talked to God. And I'll tell you something. I really... Not that I think God's up there keeping a scorecard of my prayers, but I really think as a, as a new believer, some of my earlier prayers were some of the most honest. Because I really didn't know any different to try to make it sound better than it should be. I remember the first time I was asked to pray to just bless the meal, and I was like, someone said, Shannon, you want to pray? I said, no. No, I don't. Because <laughs> I like to say it wrong. I know none of you have ever felt that way before. You know, weirded out about prayer. So it's just it's just having a conversation with God, thanking Him. Um, sometimes some of my best prayers have been completely quiet. You know, but but we as a church living in the city, we've said yes to God, yes to God. Okay, uh, what's going on? What's this Jesus thing? Yes, yes. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Now what? We're not supposed to be lone rangers in this. We're, we're together as the church. We're called into this responsibility. So we pray with one another. We pray for one another. Another purpose of the church is we're to love one another. And that's not easy. I mentioned the knuckleheads earlier, right? We know some. You're looking at one right now. Okay? But, but we are to love one another. How do you do that if you're not rubbing elbows with people? How do you love one another if you're not spending time together? If you don't know what's going on in their lives, we're to love one another. John 13, 35 shows us this. Philippians 1, 1 through 4 shows us this, that we are to love one another. We're called together as the church. And one of the things that I love about our church is that I could go on Facebook right now or Justin or any of our leaders and we can say, hey, um, there's a family in need. There's a situation going on. And we need items 1 through 10. And I am I'm so certain that by the end of the day, or at least tomorrow morning, items 1 through 10 would have been met by the people of God. Because we help each other. We help each other. That's another purpose of the church. Galatians 6, 2 shows us this. That we're supposed to care for one another. We're supposed to carry each other's burdens, share with each other, and help one another. Every year, some agencies in our community contact us in October, early November and say, we've identified these kids in our community that aren't going to have a Christmas unless some people come alongside and will you help? And I think we had over 300 something this year, if I remember correctly. And, um, but you know what, I, I, whenever I get the emails, I never say, yes, we can help how many? I just say yes. Because I know as the people of God, as the church, that we're going to. I know that we're going to. We had 121 children represented this morning at the back table, and now we're down to 88. So, so we still have 88 more children that need to be adopted this Christmas season. Uh, and, and I love that we're a church that says, yes, we will, we will help each other. We will we'll care for one another. Another purpose of the church, and we do this quite often is, is the purpose of the church is to share the sacraments that Jesus gave us, to share communion, to share baptism, to celebrate these things, to be reminded again of what Christ has done, and to celebrate new life that's offered through baptism. 
we do this. Luke 22, 19 through 20 shows us this, that we are to come together as the body of Christ and share in the sacraments. We're also supposed to, another purpose is to learn how to live as godly people. Okay, again, I, I go back to that whole like um, being, you can't do that on your own. Listen, let's just be honest. You know some people, I know some people, and they can quote scripture, like if we had a sword drill, you know, or something, like they would totally destroy me because they just know it's so good. They know, they know their Bible. But there's a lack of, of living out what they know. See, we need each other. We, we live in the sanctified life, the church, because we learn how to live as godly people. And so we need each other in this process. Uh, Titus 2 shows us this. 11, verses 11 through 12. That we're to instruct each other. We're to learn in this. And then another purpose, the last purpose I want to share with you is this. Is that as the church, the purpose of the church, we are to be equipped to know how to go out and share the promises of Christ. To, to evangelize the world. To be able to share the message so that you know, yes, it was God's prevenient grace that brought me to Him, but you know what was going on back here in my life at the time? Is I had people in my life who were saying, they weren't being like super preachy, right? They were, they were like, hey, there's this Jesus. Why do you act that way? Why do you think that way? Well, it's Jesus. And, and because they were living that life, I started to be more aware and I started to ask questions. And the provenient grace of God started to work in that. So that I came to the point where I was able to say, it's Jesus. I've been trying to figure this out on my own. I've been trying to do better and try harder. And I've been trying to just, you know, I just, I'm failing. Why even bother? You know, all the things. Oh, it's Jesus. This is Jesus. And then we step into this. And this is the, the purpose. This is what we're stepping into. I'm stepping into this with you folks. And if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you've stepped through that doorway of justifying grace where Christ has done it all for you. Where are you standing right now? Where are you standing? Have you, have you really entered in? You know, I have a, a really good uh, friend who's a, a pastor. And he, he says this phrase, and I completely have just taken it on for my own. <coughs> And he says, uh, listen, if you hang around me long enough, I'm going to disappoint you. And it's so true. Any of you that know, have known me, and even for a few minutes, I've disappointed you. We don't step into this life of, of the church and being together because each of us are perfect. No. That's far from it. We step into this life together because we're saying... I am part of the purpose of God in the world. He has more for me to do. I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in godliness. I want to understand. I really want to live out these fruits of the Spirit. I, I want to be someone who is not like I used to be before I walked through the doorway. And we do that together. So I can stay home tomorrow and, and practice all the fruits of the Spirit and be like, I'm doing so great. But then I just, I just have to drive down the road just a little bit and someone's going to bother me. Right? And then go to the grocery store. and something Like, on my own, I think I'm doing really well. 
Folks, we're called to live into a world that says, you know what, none of us are perfect. We don't have it all figured out. But we have one who gives us life and hope. And we can live into that. And we find out what it looks like to live into that. Don't live into the faith because I talk about it. You know, students, don't live into the faith because Justin and Allison are living in the faith. You live into the faith because you've walked through the door. And now you say, okay, I'm here. I want to be part of this. So you understand now why Luther didn't go into a whole lot of the purpose of the church? Because, man, they didn't really drop the ball. And the church today is really not much, not much better. Denominations, at last count, there were 44,000 Protestant denominations. I don't think Luther had any idea what was going to happen when he nailed that document to the door. Denominations are going to mess up because you know why? They're run by people. Churches on the local corner down the street, including this one, we're going to mess up. You know why? Because it's full of people. But we have this opportunity to say, I am part of the church. The people of God who say yes to Jesus. And I have a purpose in the world. And I want to live into this. And, I'm, and I'm, 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 I need to be better at it. I need to know how to do this better. So will you pray with me? Can I help you? Will you walk alongside of me? Will you discipline me? Will you encourage me? Can I do that for you? That's what this life is. And that's the church. I, I'm not, you know, I always ask the question, so what? When I'm preparing this, it's like, so what? So we had a neat little door example today. So what? I'm not asking you to, you know, like if you're not a member of Elasta First, I'm not asking you to join an organization today. Uh, that, that's not, I'm encouraging every single one of us to see where we are. Because you know what? Some of you are back here right now. Some of you right now, the Holy Spirit of God is using the conversation that I'm having with you right now to say, see, this is what I've been telling you. See, this is where you are. Oh, you have no idea what you're in store for. It's going to be so good. And some of us have been just like, we're like, do I say it? Like, it, it's Jesus, but oh, I don't, oh, you don't know what you're in store for. It's going to be so good. And some of us have been like super awkward and we've been hanging out in the entryway. We've said yes. But we're really not living into our purpose. And so I guess my so what is, where, where are you? I encourage you to go back and look at those scriptures that, that we ran through this morning. And to see where you are, find where you are. Ask God to show you what your role and purpose is. What are you bringing to the party? Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.